when you think of God, what kind of image comes to your mind? If someone were to ask you, describe God to me, what words would you use? What kind of description would you give? It was, this question was posed to a group of elementary students, and they were asked to draw a picture of God. And I thought this was really interesting. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. This is one, one kid's image of God. He says, when God gets mad, he lets out the thunder and light from the throne and lightning shoots from his fingertips, you know? And uh, that's, that's his image of God. And I think sometimes that's our image of God. You know, that's what God does. He shoots all the thunder and lightning. Throw this next picture. This reminds me of my grandson. God is a superhero for the world. <laughs> Got the big G on his chest. That's, that's his image of God. I love this one. This was my favorite. Throw that next one up here. He said, God has giant ears so he can hear everything we're saying. (laughs) I love it. Look at those ears. And God does. He does hear everything that we're saying, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, today, I want to talk about that. We've been in this series called Christmas Changes Everything. And we've talked about how Christmas changes our heart how it changed our heart, that Christ came into the world to change us from the inside out. We've talked about how Christmas changes our hope and gives us hope where we have none. We talk about Christmas changes our perspective of, of how we see the world and how we see the circumstances that we go through. But today, I want to talk about one that maybe you haven't thought about, and that is Christmas changes our image of God. Do you realize that in the first century when Jesus was born, there was a lot of confusion about who God is and what he's really like? I mean, when you, even for the Jewish people, it had been 400 years uh, since the last prophet. 400 years since they had ever heard a a direct revelation from God. And there was a lot of questions about who who is this God and, and what is we like? And then all of a sudden, We have this God born in human flesh as Jesus Christ. And that changed everything that we know about God. Now, I don't know what images you've grown up with or or what images may be in your mind. But today, I want to give you a a little bit of a perspective that Jesus gives us about who God is and what he's like. And I, I want this to be a real hope and encouragement for you. Are you ready? Let me just give you a few, a few thoughts this morning. Here's the first one. God is near. God is near. Um, you know, sometimes when we think of God, we, we think of someone far away. And that was how the Jewish people thought of God. Uh, they Even in, in the times of Moses, it was only Moses that would go way up on the mountain where the people couldn't see him to, to meet with God. God was way out there. He was unreachable. God was untouchable. He was unattainable. And yet, what we discover in Scripture is that now God has become flesh. And guess what? He's dwelt among us. He, he is near. God is right here. In fact, I, I love the, the prophecy that the angels gave to, to, to Joseph. Throw that scripture up on the screen for me. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. They will, she will give birth to a son. Read it with me. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means? It means what? 
God with us. Look at me, don't miss this. You see, sometimes in our journey, we, we feel like God is a long ways away. He, he's way out there, or he, he's way up there, and somehow we've got to find him or reach him. No, 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 that's so wrong. God is right here. And sometimes I think especially when, when we're walking through difficulty or life gets hard, and it does get hard sometimes, I, I think it's, it's, it's easy for us in our, in our emotional state to, to feel like, you know what, I, I feel like God is nowhere around. And yet, that's when the scripture says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Amen? He's close. I was reading a, a blog from a guy who was talking about a few years back, he was going through a a, a rather dark time in his life. And he said, I was sitting in my, my apartment in Washington and he said, I just began to think about my life. And he said, and it, he said I, just, I was just so depressed. And he said, I, I believed in God. He said, but I, I just didn't know how to lean into him. And he said, and I was just struggling inside. And he goes, I was sitting there and he said, I said, you know, God, he said, I, I need a sign from you. I, I need to know that you're right here. I need to know that you're somewhere out there watching me. And he said, can you, you know, can you give me a flash of lightning? He said, I don't need you to, you know, to mess up the place, but he said, can you, can you flicker the lights or, or can you give me a, can you give me an earthquake or can you give me some sign? And he goes, and I, I, I said all these things and I sat there and he said, you know what God said? Nothing. He said, all I got was Silence. He goes, and as I sat there in the silence, he goes, I began to remember some of the promises of God. He goes, and that's when all of a sudden I realized that God doesn't have to be noisy because he said, be still and know that I am God. Now, I don't know where you're at today. Don't know what you're going through. Have I any idea what you may be experiencing in your life? But you may have been there this last week or so where you've just been feeling like, you know, it just feels like God is a long ways away. Look at me. Don't miss this. It may feel that way, but he is not. I promise you, your God is only a prayer away. He is very near. Amen? Amen. Can I give you another one? God is known. God is known. You know, when, when, when we think of God, um, I think we have all of this, you know, confusing imagery because God seems at times so mysterious. Uh, God seems like he's, you know, how, how, do you, how do you describe him? What's, he's re- what's he really like? And, and again, that was for the Jews. They, you know, they, they, they saw this God as a very mysterious God that you clearly couldn't understand. You couldn't wrap your mind around. The, you know, they'd never, they'd never seen him. They'd, they'd seen acts that he performed. They saw miracles that he did, but they didn't know what he was really like. And then Jesus came. And all of that changed. You know, have you ever heard about somebody and then met them and found out they were very different from how you had imagined in your mind? <laughs> I, when I was thinking about this thought and I was processing it last week, I've, I had a flashback from when I had uh, applied for a job as a pastor at a church back in Pennsylvania and uh, I, they, uh, we were, had been, this is back pre-internet, and we had been writing back and forth and all of that, and, and uh, they had been calling me, and they, they, wanted to, they wanted to hear me speak, and they said, uh, can, you, can you send us some recordings of your messages? 
And so I had sent, wrote it back and I said, I'll send you, I'll, this is back in the day when we recorded on cassette tapes. How many of you remember cassette tapes? Remember that? Yeah, that's how old I am. And uh, so we did, we, I did, a, I said, I'll tell you what, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna send you the last five times I preached. Uh, I want you to get a fair, a fair gauge on this is what you're gonna expect week to week. So I'm just gonna send you my last five messages and then you can listen to them and pass them around. And then they did. And there was a small church. It was a, a new church that was just getting started. So they didn't have a whole lot of people. And so they had passed them around. And in spite of all of that, they decided to invite me to come and candidate for the job anyway. So, so I came and I was, had a host who was showing me around. I'll never forget, it was so funny. I was at this party where I was meeting different people from the church and he, the host was introducing me around. And I walked up to this, this one woman, he was about to introduce to me and she walked up to me and she just stopped and did like this. And just started eyeballing me up and down. I felt like livestock, you know, at the auction where I wanted, I wanted to just turn, you know, like this. You know, kind of, and she was looking at me, and I said, are you okay? And she looked at me, and said, I'll never forget, it was just so funny. She looked at me, and she said, I was expecting someone taller and thinner. Oh. <laughs> and I started laughing, and I said, well, I'm sorry, but you got a short, fat preacher. That's just kind of <laughs> how this works out. But, but see, all she had ever heard was my voice, and in, in my voice, she was imagining what I, and I, and I didn't turn out to look like anything that she thought. Now, I want you to get this because this is what really happened in, with Jesus. When you read the scriptures and you understand and you begin to read, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when you begin to read, what preaching last night does to me. When you begin to read that they didn't, they had a really hard time believing that Jesus was God in the flesh, it was because who Jesus was was so different from how they imagined God to be. But everything you want to know about God, don't miss this, you can find in Jesus Christ. Look at what the scriptures say. Throw that passage up on the screen for me. This is Paul writing to the Colossian church. Read this out loud with me, church. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. You see, when we get kind of confused about what is God really like, all we have to do is pick up the scriptures and read the New Testament. In fact, I think a really great challenge for those of you who, who, who maybe are on this journey of faith and you're not really sure if you believe in God or if you believe in Jesus or what he's really like, or for those of you who are new to the faith or maybe even those of you who have been to the journey a long time and God still confuses you at times, spend 2023 in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because when you want to understand about God, all you have to do is watch how Jesus interacted at people. All you have to do is listen to what he said, look at how he taught, think about what he's doing, because that is God in the flesh living out his life among us. I'm going to say it again. Everything you ever wanted to know about God you can find in the person of Jesus Christ. He's known. God is not mysterious anymore. He is not unknown anymore. That word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory. Amen? You bet. Let me give you a third thought. God is understanding. God 
is understanding. I think sometimes when we pray, we, we forget that God gets us. Think about this with me. Jesus became flesh, like you and I are flesh, and he lived among us, and he experienced all the same things that you experience. Jesus gets you. In fact, I, we need to say this. Say, Jesus gets me. Would you say that out loud? Jesus gets me. One more time. Say it again. Jesus gets me. Now, the, the reason that's so important is because when, when we pray, it's important that we understand that we have a God who, who has been through what we've been through. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be poor. He knows what it's like to have no place to live. He knows what it's like to be abandoned by freedom. He knows what it's like to have his own family not understand him. I can remember in my own quiet time reading the part where it talked about Jesus' family coming to take control of him because they thought he was out of his mind. You know, they thought he was crazy. How many of you got some crazy family members? You, you get, yeah, you get this, yeah. yeah. Jesus gets all of that. When we come and pour out our hearts to him, he understands because he's been through it. Um, I love the passage of scripture. I love how uh, Eugene Peterson says this in the message. Throw that scripture up on the screen for me. Read it with me. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. You know, not long ago, um, Wanda and I had an opportunity to come alongside of a person who uh, was struggling a bit financially and help them uh, with uh, some stuff that they were needing to do. And, you know, they were very grateful for that. And they were just uh, kind of gushing with thankfulness, you know, for our willingness to do that. And, and what I said to them, and I think you'll get this, what I said to them was, you know what, it, it's okay. Because we've been where you are. You know, we're old now. And Wanda's been very frugal with our money and we've paid off. We have no debt at all in our life. And our kids are gone. Now we have grandkids we're pouring a lot of money into. But, but, but we're at the best place we've ever been in our lives financially. But you guys get this. But we weren't always there. We were young once. We had young kids once. And we, we had times in our life where we made very little and had to scrape to get by. How many of you have been there? You understand that? Yeah. In fact, I, I, what, what I, was, I was thinking about was, I remember when Wanda and I were actually here as I was a youth pastor, and uh, uh, my sister and her family moved from Ohio to Oklahoma while we, we, we were here, and my sister ended up going through a divorce, and her and her three kids moved in with us. And again, I made next to nothing as a youth pastor, and we were barely hanging on on our own. And now we've got four more mouths to feed in our house, and we were, we were just really, really struggling. And I'll never forget, I'll just never forget the, 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 during a week before Christmas that year, when a, a knock came at the door, and I went, to the, I went to the door, and it was a woman from our church, an elderly woman named Nadine Jones. And Nadine and Frank, her husband, and their daughter, Pat, uh, came. And Nadine, uh, I opened the door, said, hey, Nadine, what can I do for you? And she said, oh, you're home. And I said, yeah, we're home. She goes, leave the door open. Said, okay. 
And she went back out to the car and her and Frank and Pat began to walk in our house and they made several trips carrying in bags of groceries. And they put them on our kitchen table. So our kitchen table was full of groceries. And Wanda and I are standing there like, what are you guys doing? And they came when they finished bringing all the groceries in. We stood in the living room and they said, you know, we, we're old now and we've, all, we've got everything that we need. And so a few years ago, we decided that instead of spending more money on each other for Christmas, we wanted to pick a family that we thought Mike could use a little help and just bless them. And, and this year, we picked you. They couldn't have picked a better time in our life. We, we stood there in, in our living room and we just cried like babies because they blessed us so much. Get this. So when we come alongside of someone else and help them financially, it's because we've been where they are. We understand what it's like to go through those kinds of times. It's a blessing and a joy for us. Does that make sense to you? Now, here's what I want you to understand. When you and I pray, that's how Jesus listens to us. When you cry out to him out of the hurt and the pain that you're in, believe me when I tell you this, he remembers what he went through. When, when we cry out to him about, uh, about abandonment or, or betrayal, when we, when we cry out to him out of the stuff that we've had to struggle with, Jesus has been there and done that. That's why the Hebrews writer says, we don't, we don't have a high priest who, who doesn't understand. We have a high priest who empathizes with us in every way. I don't know where you're at, don't know what you're going through. This is what I do know on this Christmas day. Our God became flesh and suffered what we suffered. And he understands us. Let me give you one more. And this is my favorite. God is gracious. God is gracious. Christmas was a complete turnaround for how humans understood their relationship with God. You see, all throughout history until the coming of Christ, it was the human beings who tried to have to find some way of offering a sacrifice to their gods. But Christmas was God offering a sacrifice for his people. Let that sink in for a second. Any culture, anywhere you go, and you, you, you see people doing things that, because they feel like their God needs a sacrifice and they're trying to do something to appease their God. But our God saw our need and he was the one who gave to us everything that he had. I love the passage of scripture, so I'm throwing it up. From John 16, 3, 16 and 17. Read it with me, church. This is just a great, great scripture. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. God who was most worthy 
gave his life for all of us who are unworthy. That's a gracious God. Amen. There's a story of, about a church that several years ago was having a, a kid's Christmas pageant where they all dress up like the characters from the Christmas story and they all play a part. And uh, there was a cute little story about uh, one of the children in that pageant. His name was Wally. Wally was um, a big kid. He was head and shoulders bigger than any of the other kids his age. He was big and broad. And, and, uh, but Wally, was, he was a little bit mentally slow. Uh, and so he had a hard time keeping up with all the things that the other kids got to do. But Wally, they said, even though he was really big and broad, he said he, was, he had a real gentle nature about him. And they said, in fact, Wally would often come alongside kids who were weaker to keep them from being bullied. He just was, would that, had that kind of heart and that kind of compassion. The director of, the, of this children's pageant was trying to figure out how, what's a, what was the best way to, to have Wally play a part. And she thought about different roles for him. And she finally decided that she wanted Wally to play the role of the innkeeper in the Christmas story. And so if you remember the story, of there, there was no room in the inn and there was an innkeeper that had to, obviously had to turn Mo, Mo, jo, Joseph and Mary away. And so it came, to, came time for the pageant and, and it came that, that part in the, in the story and the, the little boy playing Joseph and the little girl playing Mary came and they knocked on the door and Wally opens the door and he plays this rough, tough innkeeper. And Joseph says, my wife is pregnant. We, we need a place to stay. And Wally said, we have no room. Go away. And the Joseph, the little boy spoke again. He said, oh, but please, sir. Please, he said, we, we, we've checked everywhere. There's, there's nowhere else to go. Surely you have a room for us. And Wally said again, no, we have no room here. You can't stay here. And one more time, Joseph says, oh, please, please, Mr. Innkeeper, my, my wife, she's have, gonna have a baby any moment. And please, don't you have at least some room that we could have? And they said it was the first time that Wally took his eyes off of Joseph and he looked at little Mary. And of course, this little girl playing Mary did a beautiful job of just looking real pitiful, you know, and kind of stuff. And they said, they, you could just see Wally's face begin to melt. And he was struggling, struggling, struggling. And for a long time, he was quiet, and they, people thought he forgot his lines. And, and, and finally, off stage, the woman helping the kids was going, tell him, there's no room, there's no room. And finally, Wally was able to squeak it out. I'm, I'm sorry, there's, there's no room. And Joseph takes Mary by the arm, and they began to walk away. And Wally, instead of closing the door, stood in the doorway and watched them take three or four or five steps and Finally, Wally just couldn't stand it anymore, and he went running after them. And he goes, no, no, Joseph, come back, come back. I'll tell you what, you guys can stay in my room, and I'll sleep out in the cold. <laughs> well, that wasn't the way the biblical story went. And there were some people who said that Wally ruined the pageant. But most people said no. That was the best Christmas pageant ever. You see, what Wally did was reflect the heart of God. Look at me. For God 
so loved you that he sent his one and only son. It may be his birthday, but God is the one giving you the greatest gift of all. Amen. You better believe it. Well, tonight or today, this morning, we're going to be finishing our, wrapping our service up with a, a time of candle lighting. And I'm going to ask my candle lighters if you guys would go ahead and, and come and join me here at the front. When Jesus came into the world, he, he said, I am the light of the world. And this morning, in a time of reflection, I want you to just take a moment and ask yourself the question, where in your own life do you need the light of God's love? There there may be some of us who have never invited Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. And if if you've never committed your life to him, I can't think of a better time to surrender your life to the Lord than on Christmas morning. It doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how long you've been away from God. God's grace is greater than all of our sin. He came from heaven to earth so that you would know he is near, he's right here. He wants you to know him, have a relationship with him. He wants you to know he gets what you're going through. You can pour out all of your problems, all your burdens, all your cares, because he understands. And our God wants you to know he thinks you're worth coming to earth for, living for, and dying for. Rachel's going to lead us in one of our favorite Christmas songs, and I'm going to light the candles here for our candle lighters, and we're going to walk through the aisles and light the ones on the row, and if you would, just pass the light down from person to person. Be careful with the flame, especially if you have kids. Don't let them set anybody on fire, please, this morning. But let this be a time where you reflect on the light of God's love in your own life, and let him speak and minister to you. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before you today, we are just so grateful for the light that you have brought to this dark world. Your word says that you came not to condemn us, but to save us. Not to put us in shackles, but to set us free. Lord Jesus, you said you've come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Sometimes that's not been our image of you, but Christmas changed all of that. Today we understand you are the light of the world. Come to light up our dark world. So Lord Jesus, today we open our hearts, we open our minds, and we open our lives. Have your way in us, we pray in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. 